Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello Rush Nation and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host this week yet again, Liam at the FSA Tweets. Um, again, don't worry, Eagle Eye viewers will be able to see that Rich is still around. He has relinquished the reins yet again. He's letting me have another go. Um, hopefully my outro will be a lot better than last week. I didn't really give much uh, thought to that. I gave a lot of thought to the intro and nothing to the outro, and it was awful, so I'm going to try again. But Rich, bring you in after that. How are you doing, bud? I, I'm very good. I wouldn't I wouldn't say relinquish the reins. I'd say the reins are yours now. That's it. I'm 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 no longer a host, mate. I'm I'm just the the guy that sits there and throws shade at you whenever I can. So uh, so yeah, you 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 can fully take over the hosting duties. I'm happy with that. Well, the torch has been passed live on air. How, what can you say? <laughs> but um, no, I, the only reason I said relinquish the reins yet again because of that awful. Um, outro I did last week. I didn't know whether you were going to take them off me because uh, that was an awful outro. Anyway, Rich, um, this week we're going to go and talk a little bit about the combine because it was a huge event, but we're not going to go too much into it. And we're going to go straight into contract prep and we're going <laughs> to talk about some of the biggest questions that we get asked um, around contracts. But first, it's been a huge day of news. Tuesday, as of recording, it's been a huge day of news. I've had group chats, about four or five of them going off for about five, six hours straight. Um, so, Rich, first of all, Calvin Ridley, I believe it was yesterday, Monday morning, or Monday morning in the US, Monday afternoon here. Um, it came out that he had been suspended last year for the rest of the season because he started betting on NFL games, which they obviously do not allow any employees 
of the NFL, which also includes players, coaches, uh, media members, anything along those lines. So Calvin Ridley, although he was on the NFI list when that happened, the non-football injury list, Ridley started betting on games and yeah, they served him a season-long suspension after they found out. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's it's crazy, quite frankly, that we're, you know, what's happened and that we're talking about it and all that kind of thing. From a dynasty perspective, I'll be brutally honest, I kind of did a, a quick 180. My initial reaction was, as kind of always is the, the, the case, every time there's something like this happens, I think, oh, quick, go, go and buy the guy because um, his price is probably going to plummet. But actually, the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it, I'm, I'm now kind of fully out on Calvin Ridley. Um, I really like the player. I absolutely love the guy when he's on the field because I think he's an incredible route runner that can get open. But I, I just don't want any part of him, quite frankly, now. Um, he's going to be almost 30 when his his contract finishes with Atlanta. So he's the fifth-year option that would have been this year has now been pushed to 2023. Um, I just... I, I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for Atlanta next year. So I don't particularly want any part of Ridley next year. And then am I going to want a 30-year-old three-agent wide receiver? Definitely not. So I dropped him down. He's now my wide receiver 46 in my ranks. Um, and to wow. be honest, I'd pretty much take any second-round pick I can get for him. Um, wow. I Yeah, I mean, it's a, a fall from grace from a guy that was a top five, uh, top seven receiver for me, as little as what? 12 months ago yeah um yeah properly crazy but i i just don't i just don't trust him and i I don't think you know if you're gonna sit and hold the bag yes if you're in a complete rebuild maybe go and take a punt you know you might get an elite receiver in 2023 but yeah i'd I'd rather just move completely off him and uh, and take take as many uh decent picks as i could get but yeah I'd, i'd take a second right now it's definitely an interesting one. I've seen a lot of takes here and there. I was like you, I was trying to, well, I looked at buying it and then the more I thought about it, the more that I realised that it was a 30-year-old wide receiver when he probably next plays. I kind of 180 on it as you did, but I don't think I'm selling for anything I can get right now. I do think that when he plays, his price will go up more. Yes, it will be 30 and um, we don't really know who the quarterback is going to be, but I think that's got a bit of a, a chance to upgrade uh, and get more than just a random second. Um, but today has been quite a busy day, as I said, news-wise. So it's been, quote-unquote, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of been dubbed as a tag-a-tight-end day I've seen on Twitter a lot. Um, so the franchise tag news has been dropping a little bit. Uh, you've got Dalton Schultz um, slated to get the tight uh, to get the um, franchise tag. You've got Mike Gesicki and David and Joku for the Browns, and then you've also got Adams and Godwin, so Demonte Adams and Chris Godwin, both slated to get the franchise tag as well. Rich, any names in there that are really shocking to you? Um, I think the biggest shock to me was Njoku just because I didn't expect a backup tight end to be franchise tagged. But yeah, it's, I mean that was that was shocking. I, I'm surprised that they're going to pay. What is the, the tight end tag? It's about ten million this year. I, I can't believe they're going to pay. Yeah. 
10 million for a guy that they didn't use last year, quite frankly. I know Cleveland love a tight end, but I presume this means Austin Hooper's going to, you know, time's finished up in Cleveland. Um, hopefully it means we might see Njoko move on. I'm, I'm a little bit um, disappointed because I'd quite fancied Njoku to come to the Jets and, and maybe kind of fill a hole there, but never mind. Um, Dalton Schultz, I, I think we talked about this, I want to say two, three weeks ago. Um, this is kind of what we expected with the way the Cowboys cap was going. And, you know, he was talking about one in 15 million. Well, why would you pay a guy 15 million a year when you can just tag him at 10? That makes a lot more sense. The Gesicki one for me is really interesting because I know he's made a lot of noise about wanting to be considered a wide receiver. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he goes into arbitration to try and, you know, back like Jimmy Graham did, what would that have been, seven, eight years ago? Um, tried to argue that he was a wide receiver rather than a tight end, so he'd got paid more money on the tag when he was at the Saints. Um, I think we could see Mike Kaziki, who, let's be honest, is a wide receiver, lines up out of the slot. I think it was 90% of the time last yeah. year. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll that be an interesting one to watch. And the, the Godwin-Adams deal, I'm a little bit surprised Tampa has um, tagged Godwin because obviously it's the second year, so it's even more expensive. Um, but I'm I'm not shocked that they're not wanting to let him walk out the door. Um, and Adams, look, we we always knew Adams wasn't leaving, didn't we? It didn't even matter if uh, Rogers was there or not. Adams wasn't going anywhere. Well, yeah, the news has just broke that both Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin have been officially tagged. Now I know that the the books are trying to get a deal done with Chris Godwin uh, before they tagged him, but both have officially been tagged. So I think that's like eighteen mil, seventeen mil for them. Quite yep. considerable amount. It'll be bigger. F- it'll be bigger for Godwin because it's his second year, so it's one hundred and twenty percent of the tag for last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was tagged last year too. But moving on from the um, tagged wide receivers, and we'll sit with that position group. Mike Williams got a new deal. Um, I believe it was three years, Rich, sixty mil. Yeah, big money. That. Big um, money. Three, three years, yeah. sixty mil with four, forty mil guaranteed, which. Huge. I, I said to you just before we came on that that feels like a bit of an overpay. I think you know, yes, he's a prototypical X receiver, but I think he's one of those. Yes, he plays the X, but he's really a wide receiver too. Um, and paying someone twenty million it feels expensive. But when when you've got a cheap rookie deal, you've got that uh, rookie cheap rookie quarterback deal. Sorry, <laughs> um, it means you can go out and make these moves, doesn't it? And when you can go out and, and spend the money to, to build around Justin Herbert, why not? You know, they have plenty of cap space. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with potentially a couple of holes on that offensive line and massive holes on the defensive line. But um, yeah, he's he's a, a decent guy to come back in. But for me, a slight overpay, I think. Yeah, so moving on, because um, we need to get through this quickly because we do have a big show to get to. Um, Aaron Rodgers quarterback of the Green Bay Packers for the next few years at least. Um, they have got a new contract, but we don't know what that looks like. We saw some numbers, uh, $200 million for four years or something like that, but Pat McAfee, who broke the original news that Rodgers was going back to Green Bay, has then said that that's not true. Um, so we don't actually know what the contract looks like, but if they've been able to tag Adams as well, I can only assume that that contract is hugely beneficial for the Packers cap this year. But I do expect some sort of, some sort of cut to come in in the next few weeks, or in the next few days, sorry, before the new season start, or the new league year starts. Yeah, so they'll be able to afford all of that. 
they've got eight days, haven't they, to to try and get the the contract finalised because they don't need to get under the cap until the 16th. So they've got eight days to try and work out those finer numbers. I personally think that uh, Aaron Rodgers, he probably signed the contract and it was all done dusted, but he was just a bit annoyed that Russ, yeah. you know, Russell Wilson <laughs> st- stole the thunder and stole the headlines. So he needed to uh, to throw his toys out the pram and um, yeah, get, get back in the headlines again. Well, you teased it, Rich. Russell Wilson is now going to be a Bronco. How do you feel about that? So the, the full trade from what we know right now is Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos for, um, I believe it was the D-line Shelby Harris, um, Drew Locke, quarterback, and the Titan Noah Fant. And then there were picks that still haven't been confirmed. So I don't know whether you've seen anything else on that. Yeah, so it's two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, and then those three players, and then... Denver are getting back a fourth. Now, I've not seen years confirmed, um, but yeah, that's that's the the total pick hole. That's crazy. Do they have a 22 first this year? Yeah, I think they've got, a, I want to say, ninth overall, but that might have been last year. Is it 13th this year? I can't remember. It's a, a decent first. I mean, I, I personally think this is a great deal for Denver, and I'm, I know some people might be shocked, but I think this is probably a little bit of an underpay. When you think that Jamal Adams is going for two firsts, I think the price for any elite quarterback, and I'm, I'm still keeping Russell Wilson in there, has got to be three three firsts or four thir- firsts. So if you're getting, you know, an expensive bust at tight end in Noah Fant, okay, a, a very good defensive player in Shelby Harris, and then Drew Locke, who's, you know, a backup quarterback at this stage. And two firsts in two seconds, I think that's a great deal for Denver. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be um, a defensive coordinator in that division, I have to say. Um, you got just, yeah. Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. That's uh, certainly enough to keep you up at night. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, a fantastic deal for Denver. I think for Seattle, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Obviously, Pete Carroll's not exactly a young coach. Um <sighs> there's rumours that they might be trying to trade Lockett and DK. Um, so it's, it's interesting, you know, a little while after you've paid two firsts for Jamal Adams and sort of gone all in, you're now looking at blowing it all up. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think from a dynasty perspective, Liam? Do you think this is good for anybody in particular, bad for anybody? Or I definitely think it incre- increases uh, Cortland Sutton's stock right now. Um, I love he, that, Wilson. He massively underperformed in a lot of people's eyes last year just because he was coming back off an ACL. I mean, they had who at quarterback last year? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, but that's it, really. I know that I love Teddy Bridgewater, kept three top 25 fancy wide receivers in 2020, but he's not that type of quarterback to do it in every system. Uh, And... So, so I love it for Cortland Sutton because I think he's going to come back fully healthy and now having Russell Wilson rather than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke um, throwing him the ball, it's going to be great. Uh, and I know that you're waiting to tell the listeners about your boy, so just let let you go. Go on, I'll let I you think, free. I think, for, first of all, on on the Cortland Sutton, I think it's, it's a fantastic fit for him in that Russell's going to push the ball downfield. You know, yes, Teddy Bridgewater is your favourite stat, isn't it? produced three <laughs> top 25 wide receivers in Carolina, but 
he didn't fit with Courtland Sutton. You know, Courtland Sutton needs the ball pushed downfield. He needs those 50-50 chances, which is what Russell Wilson does. You know, I'm really excited for what Courtland Sutton is. Um, I think everybody's going to go out and start hyping up Courtland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But to me, the two biggest winners of this you know that I absolutely love Albert O. I've been talking about <laughs> I've been talking about him for two years. Um, you know, I we talked about on this very podcast in January. I said to you, I think Albert O's actually the better tight end in Denver, and and people just don't realize it. And you know, may, maybe Denver finally listened to me and uh, shift shifted out Noah Fant and uh, have unleashed Albert O. I think look, for me, Albert O is I need I need to go away and do some some proper deep dives into where I'm going to put him, but he was my tight end 19 before the trade. Um, just looking at where I'd have him, I think he probably could sneak up to sort of tight end 13 or 14 around the Hunter Henry, Cole Komet, um, ahead of the likes of Tyler Higby and Logan Thomas. So I'm really excited about Albert O. The other guy that I think is probably going to get slept on over the next kind of week whilst everyone goes into hype is, is going to be Tim Patrick. Obviously he signed that deal last year, a little bit surprising. Um, but I, th- I think he's another guy that's going to fit into what Russell Wilson wants to do. Um, do you think on the Seattle side, what are you doing now, Liam, with Noah Fan, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf? Um, I think DK is a pure hold right now. I mean, yeah, you could probably get a lot for him, but I think that price has just dipped and you're not going to get anything remotely close to what you would have done for him. Lockett, we, we talked about him pre-show. Um, you, you were you rightly corrected me when I thought that he signed a four-year deal last off-season. It wasn't, it was the season before. So he's got two years left and it's an extremely tradable contract, as you said. So... Um, Lock it if he goes elsewhere, could be a sneaky kind of grab. He, he's not that old, but at the same time, he's definitely not young. Um, so I, I do think Lock it is a sneaky kind of could vary in value in the next, say, four months or so. His value could be completely different from now and to July, basically. He's the kind of guy that people, because he had that amazing relationship with Russell Wilson, people are going to go out and panic. And he's, I could see his price absolutely plummeting over the next few weeks. Um, but as we said, he's got that really tradable contract. It wouldn't shock me if we saw him moved to a, you know, an interesting team and around the draft for uh you know a third or a fourth what happens if you know if mvs is gonna leave green bay and you saw ty lockett in in green bay he, as we said he's his contract this year the cap it in terms of base salary is 3.3 million so what would stop if if as a packers fan liam if i was to say to you mvs walks but you can send a third round pick to go and get tyler lockett to play opposite Devontae adams how excited are you I'd I'd be doing more dances than I was doing earlier when I heard uh, Aaron Rodgers had signed a new contract. Um, that would be incredible if we could have a, a locket type receiver right next to Devonta Adams. I think um, that would fulfil what Rodgers wants from the Packers. It'd just yeah. be incredible. Anyway, Rich, 
let's stop talking about the news because we always spend way too long on the news. Even hey, though today, it's a big news day. I, I, I'm I'm never the news guy. I never want to do a news podcast. I never want to talk about it. But today, it felt it felt worthy. I mean, I did enjoy that. I was typing out the news, significant news this morning, and I literally put Calvin Ridley, and then I thought, there's nothing else. We'll leave it there, and then we've just spent 20, 20 minutes <laughs> 20 talking minutes. about the news. Yeah, but let's move on, Rich. So you wanted to talk about the combine. So I didn't manage to catch a lot of it. I saw the second group of wide receivers uh, doing their 40 times and a couple of the drills after that, um, but that's probably about it. So do you want to take us through a couple of your winners and losers from the combine? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll kind of cover it. I know the, the college guys are going to dive into it in a hell of a lot more detail than uh, than I could ever dream of. Um, but just uh, from a fantasy perspective, I guess, a couple of winners and losers from me. So I think Chris Olave, um, <laughs> yes, he he ran that rather ridiculous 426 <laughs> that unfortunately got dropped down to a 439 official. I felt really sorry for him. He ran that 426 and was like, right, I'm done. That's it. I'm never running faster than that. And then they came back and said, oh, you're, it's actually a 439, which is still impressive. But um, I remember watching that. That was incredible. I was like, oh, my look, if that's how fast Chris Olave is running, the rest of this class is going to be insane. They were talking about records being set of the amount of under 4-4 um, wide receivers running. Yeah, and it was, just inc- it was incredible. And then... Um, who was it? Was it Thornton? I can't remember his first name. Yeah, the, the Ran a unofficial four two one, and that was incredible. Um, and then, yeah, I, I I put the phone down, went to sleep, woke up, and none of it was real. It was like a <laughs> massive dream. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because the thing I've I've sort of read today is that Indianapolis put in a new turf in twenty twenty, and this is the first combine that's been run on it. So they were saying that, yes, it's a fast class and there's records blown across the board, but actually it could be, you know, a slight nod to the fact that it's a faster track than we've seen previously. Um, but I think, look, Chris Olave, he's, he's my wide receiver too as we speak. I think this firmly cements him as a kind of top 24 pick in the NFL draft. Um, and I think he's going to be a great um, kind of dynasty buy because I think, a lot of people are hyping up other wide receivers, and I think you can probably get Olave at the back end of the first round, come rookie drafts. Um, I'm really excited at that that value you're going to get there. Um, other big winner, my running back one in this class, um, Brees Hall. He, he kind of ran out the stadium, a weight-adjusted speed score in the 120 mark. Um, was basically the final tick in the box in terms of my rookie model and rookie prospect profile and he basically ticks every box and as long as he gets kind of decent day two draft capital um he's he's going to be really really high just just to give you some kind of concept he is in terms of my pre-draft model which isn't as accurate as my post-draft model i'm hasten to add he's the fifth highest prospect ever since 2003 he is one one spot ahead of jonathan taylor um yeah he's 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 pretty much ticks every box that i like to see from a a rookie running back um let's just hope that he gets potentially back end day one draft capital but day two draft capital i'll be really excited 
So you um, heard it here, folks. If Brees Hall doesn't live up to Jonathan Taylor's hype, then... Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm only playing you off. Yeah, that was purely pre-draft, and Rich doesn't trust his pre-draft model. That's now what he's saying. Yeah, we've got look. We, we've got we've got plenty of shows lined up that we're going to be breaking down these uh, rookies in much more detail. But I just wanted to give a little tease. Um, and then losers for me. Uh, so I think the the biggest loser from the wide receiver room um, was Traylon Burks. I think people were massively hyping up him as you know this incredible freak athlete. I heard comparisons of Calvin Johnson, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, um, and basically tested as a you know a, a good athlete but not the elite level athlete that we hope to see um i'm a little bit lower than consensus on Traylon burks i know there was some talk that he's the 101 overall um that's that's far too rich for me um so yeah i, th- I think it'll be a case of kind of cooling the jets on Traylon burks and then the last little kind of cheeky loser um kenny pickett has tiny hands um so can't can't throw the football um obviously kenny kenny two gloves pickett you know, he, he's he's had to play in these gloves. There's I know there's talk of this uh double jointed thumb that enables him to grip the ball better, but I think the 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 facts are there. Any quarterback under nine inch hands doesn't really succeed in the NFL. So I'm really intrigued to see if that one little tidy thing is gonna really affect his draft capital and uh, and could potentially slide down the board come uh, come May. Honestly, um, Kenny Pickett, it's not, it's bad enough that you're talking about his small hands, but when you called him a cheeky loser as well, that's a bit harsh. Come on, Rich. But um, I was looking at the the quarterbacks that had smaller than nine inch hands, um, and you saw, if you're on Twitter, you saw probably everywhere, everyone giving you like lists of people that, or quarterbacks that really didn't succeed. And then the one guy that I noticed wasn't on any single list, but definitely has smaller than nine inch hands was Michael Vick. Now I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett's going to be Michael Vick, but <laughs> I knew that that's where you were going, Rich. So I had to jump in Sorry, before I, you. I, I choked. I choked there <laughs> that you were comparing Kenny Pickett to Michael Vick. I'm not saying that they're anywhere close, but I'm just saying if you see stats on Twitter, maybe do some stat checking before you go retweeting that sort of stuff. Um. But where do you see Kenny Pickett's best landing spot, Rich? Because I think this does massively hurt his draft stock. I'll be honest, I've not done enough work on terms of landing spots. And I think today has shown that the quarterback landscape's just changed massively. Um, I think, you know, he's he's always been talked about potentially landing in Pittsburgh. Um, I'll be honest... I just don't really care where he lands. I don't particularly want him from a fantasy perspective. I think he's he's a really underwhelming prospect for me. And I think if we were 20 years ago in the NFL, he'd have probably been hyped up as, you know, the 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 smart quarterback that started for four years, you know, the old Bill Parcells thing of of one in four year starters. And I I just don't get it. I think from a fantasy perspective, he offers no rushing upside. I don't think he's got the elite arm strength. I I just think he's he scares me. And I think he's probably going to be a bit of a um drafter beware come uh, come rookie drafts. Um that being said, you know, if he gets day one draft capital in the NFL, I'll, I'll probably dive straight back in. 
<laughs> so talking about diving in rich let's dive into the next segment so questions that we get on contracts now listeners that have been here for at least the past year um know that we talk about contracts quite a bit and i don't think many other dynasty podcasts really talk about contracts they probably talk about player and values but contracts seem to get forgotten about and they are a huge part of the nfl and they are a huge part of dynasty whether you like it or not whether you want to pay attention to them or not um they are a huge part so we've put together a couple of questions and when i say we i mean the royal we because rich did this not me um where it's questions that we get asked quite often about the contract situation of players or how contracts work and um a few weeks ago i had to message rich because i got myself into a massive like huff over i think it was so one of the green bay packers aaron jones. Was aaron, it aaron jones, jones. I, I couldn't quite figure out what all the bonuses were because there are so many and um, what they all mean and i had to go rich just break it down to me like i'm a five-year-old um so rich we're going to go through some faqs and commonly asked questions on contracts the first one we've got is what is the difference between guaranteed money and total money on a contract this one is huge for people that don't understand contracts at all. Yeah, so I think, you know, there's basically the way you've got to look at a contract is there's the the guaranteed money that they will essentially 100% be paid and that affects what we call the dead cap. And then there's the kind of fictional total contract. So if we're to take, you know, a contract that's been rumoured today uh, that we've seen break in terms of Mike Williams. So he was announced as a three-year, $60 million deal with $40 million guaranteed. Now, just reading that, I, I don't know the ins and outs of that contract. Nothing has been announced. But I would presume that's basically they're guaranteeing the first two years of his deal and then there'll be the signing bonus in his third year. So what it will probably be is something like a 16 million cap hit year one, probably similar in year two, and then a much bigger cap hit in year three, but that will be non-guaranteed so they can move on on from him after two years, which ties in quite nicely with Justin Herbert's rookie deal, which is probably why Chargers have done it that way. So when we're talking about contracts, I guess there's four main things to look at, okay? From a cap perspective... From a contract perspective, the two main things are base salary and signing bonus. Okay, so base salary is what a player will earn as their base salary that year. Okay, so if I was to take an example, let's stick with Amari Cooper as he's in the news. So his base salary for 2022 is $20 million. Okay, nice easy round numbers, which is why I picked Amari Cooper. <laughs> so that base salary sticks with Amari Cooper wherever he goes. So if Amari Cooper was to be traded tomorrow to the New York Jets, please let it happen. Um, he will be paid 20 million by the New York Jets. Okay, and that 20 million will come off the Cowboys books completely. The signing bonus is an amount that is paid out to the player. immediately upon signing the deal hence signing bonus but the signing bonus is prorated through the length of the contract 
So Amari Cooper had a $10 million signing bonus. That counts. He signed a five-year contract, so that counts $2 million against the cap every year. Okay, so his contract this year, he has a cap hit of 22 million. So that 20 million base salary and the $2 million signing bonus. But the only thing that counts against the cap if he was traded is the signing bonus. So that's the 2 million. But he's got 2 million in signing bonus on his contract in 2023 and 2 million in 2024. So if he was traded that future signing bonus gets pushed onto the current cap. So he'd have a dead cap hit of 6 million, which is why people are talking about Amari Cooper potentially getting cut because that dead cap hit is so much lower than than the base salary and, and the, the kind of cap hit overall. And when you hear about players having savings, that is what they're talking about, is the difference between the rest of the signing bonus that hasn't been paid um and the or that has been paid but is still on the books and the total base salary yeah yeah exactly so i mean that brings us quite nicely onto our next question Liam so we'll probably yes. just dive straight into it so it's talking about how much dead money is prohibitive um when might a potential restructure so basically when we talk about kind of dead caps and cap hits i view it as whenever a dead cap hit is bigger than the actual cap hit, it's pretty safe to guarantee that that player is going to stay on, on the team because you can't imagine a team is going to pay a player more money in terms of his cap hit to not play for them. The only recent example I can think of is Todd Gurley in LA where the Rams actually actually had to kind of take a bigger cap hit because they, they brought future money onto the current year in order to get rid of Todd Gurley, which is why it was so shocking. And it's the reason why Ezekiel Elliott isn't going to get cut. You know, they're talking about moving on from Murray Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott can't get cut because it would actually cost the Cowboys more money in terms of cap hit um, if they were to let him let him go. I think with this, and this isn't me trying to push how I did it, but playing Madden, and playing franchise mode actually helps a lot because you have to use all of these concepts when you're playing the cap properly and not just clearing the cap space and and basically just doing whatever you want. You have to use a lot of these concepts. I will say Madden does it a little bit differently where the pro rata bonus comes into the next year's salary cap for some reason. I don't know why they do it, but um, it doesn't come into the current year. But that's how I learn a lot of these concepts is playing Madden and just getting into cap hell and not knowing how to get out. And then eventually when I started playing Dynasty and getting a lot more interested in what all the contract um what all the contracts mean. Um but yeah, if someone has a, a lower um dead cap hit than their the savings, uh, or the the money on the book, sorry then that's when you're looking at players that could get cut. The one thing I will always say is, yes, if a team will save on a player, say save a million, save two million on a player, they would still have to get a player to replace that person. So take, um, take Amari Cooper, for example, because we've just been talking about him. Yes, the... 
um, Cowboys would save, I think it was 14 million in that example already. 16, um, 16, 16 million. So they would save 16 million on the cap, but then they'd still have to spend some of that 16 million to replace Amari Cooper. So where the savings aren't that big, you have to kind of judge where they are on the depth chart as to where or who they're going to bring in to replace him. So Amari Cooper, even though they're going to save 14 million or 16 million, sorry, they still have to bring someone in that's quite expensive to replace that type of production. If you're cutting a lower end guy, then yeah, you're probably not, um, you're probably not having to replace them with a, a large contract from someone else. But equally, they're probably not got, they've probably not got a large contract anyway because they are a lower end guy on the depth chart. Yeah, and the other thing to talk about when we're talking about um, contracts and, and signing bonus um, is the the new kind of fangled thing that became the, the rage during the, the COVID year was void years um, and basically teams creating void years at the end of contracts. Um, what that basically meant was, for example, a player was signing a two-year contract with three future void years. So Tom Brady did this, I believe, when he signed in Tampa. Um, did and a lot of Packers did when they yeah, did but what, what that does is it basically pushes that signing bonus because it's prorated over the length of the deal. So Brady signed a $25 million signing bonus. So rather than that being spread across two years and being 12 and a half each year, they pushed it across like five years so that it became $5 million a year, for example. Um, I've, off the top of my head, I don't know if that's the exact numbers, but it basically means that it makes the cap manageable in the current year and you're borrowing off future year's cap to help you now. So the, the Saints do an awful lot of this where everybody sort of talks basically wrongly about the Saints cap in that the Saints are in cap hell. And yeah, if you look at it, the Saints are massively over the cap. But basically what the Saints do every year on a consistent basis is they basically, it's almost like they have a, a permanent credit card with the cap. They borrow off next year's cap to pay for this year. So they're pushing money into future years. They're using those restructures and the void years and everything like that in order to push the money down the line in order to help them try and win now. And in case you are wondering, um, void years and where a player doesn't play in that year but are still contracted and against the cap for that year. Um, just in case anyone didn't know what a void year was, because before COVID, I didn't really know what one was. I had to go out and find out when I saw about four or five players get restructured of the Packers and everyone was getting void years left, right and centre because the cap went down, so they had to find a way to do it. And it wasn't just the Packers, a lot of teams to do it like the Saints. But speaking about restructures, Rich, um, the, the third and final question we've got on contracts today is what does it mean when a contract gets restructured and how does it affect the cap? And you've got a great example here that you put into the show sheet and it fits in with the Saints talk because it's Michael Thomas. <laughs> so basically what you can do, you know, we talked about the base salary and the signing bonus. OK, and how the signing bonus pro raters, the, the signing bonus across the contract and the base salary is is a big, big money number in, in each individual year. 
Well, basically, what you can do with the restructure is you can take that current year base salary and you can restructure it and basically turn it into a new signing bonus. So you almost like get the signing bonus in the middle of the contract. And what that does is it then pushes that money across the rest of the contract. So, for example, um, Michael Thomas this year was due to have a fifth. I'm doing this off the top of my head, fifteen and a half million dollar base salary, okay, and a four million dollar signing bonus. Okay, so he had a cap hit for this year of nineteen and a half million. But what the Saints did was they took fourteen and a half million of that base salary and they restructured it. So they then stretched that money across the next three years of his contract. So they've basically taken his cap hit for this year and have spread it evenly across the next three years. So they've basically, as I said, pushed money down the road. So it's meant that his cap hit next year is bigger and his dead cap hit next year is bigger because they're pushing money down the road. But it means he's now only counting $30 million against the cap rather than 17, 18, 20 or whatever it was. Okay. So basically they're borrowing off 2023 and 2024's cap to make it easier this year. And you've seen it done time and time again. You'll see it done constantly. The the Chiefs are going to do this almost every year with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes signed that massive 10-year deal. It wouldn't shock me if every year where they're a decent team and think they can be a contender, they're going to take his his base salary, stretch it across, turn it into a restructure bonus, and they'll just push money down the line because the cap's going up and it doesn't matter. They can just keep pushing that money down the line and it helps them win now. Um, you talked earlier about Aaron Jones. Um, basically, he restructured, I think it was three and a half million. Um, was, yeah. Again, similar. He had a eight or nine million dollar cap hit this year um restructured it so he's now only got a five and a half million dollar cap hit the Packers saved three million dollars this year and they've pushed it down the line and people often say why does the player do that because a it means that there's more guaranteed money down the line so they're less likely to be cut but b it means that it doesn't affect how much they get paid they're still getting the same money but whilst the contract's being prorated, whilst that restructure is being counts against the cap over the next three years, the player gets that money immediately. So Aaron Jones, as soon as he restructured that contract, he got a check for three and a half million dollars. Rather than that salary throughout the season. Throughout the season. So that's why players are quite happy to do it. That's why agents are quite happy to do it. And that's why teams are quite happy to do it. So you will see over the next few weeks particularly, you know, a team like Green Bay who are supposedly going to sign Rodgers to this massive deal, they're going to restructure a lot of contracts. And the Saints do this constantly. The Saints will restructure probably 10 or 12 contracts, push some cap hits down the year, and it really helps them in the here and now. Yeah, so that's going to conclude the contract talk today, guys. But if you do have any questions, myself and Rich are more than happy to answer anything you have on DM or if you just want to tweet us, then we're more than happy to have a conversation and talk about it. Absolutely. Contracts are a complete minefield, but it is one of those things that I I, I just love contract talk. (laughs) Me and my brother, I always used to joke when when I was younger, he'd say, what would be your mastermind subject? 
and I'd say NFL contracts. I just love NFL contracts. So, um, yeah, ha- happy to answer any questions. Happy to talk about anything when it comes to NFL contracts because I'm a bit of a bit of a nerd when it comes to that side <laughs> of football. But Rich, um, to round out the show before we get into some of the the nice new news and a little bit of plug from Five Yard Rush, we're going to talk about some notable free agents. So, first of all, we'll start with the wide receiver position, and we're going to skip quarterback completely because we have no idea what's going to happen with the quarterback market. We that's been proven today that we still have no idea. Um, so. Wide receivers, Rich, are there any wide receivers that you want to pick out and talk about that are looking like they're going to hit the free market right now? Yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting class. I think obviously we've seen that, you know, the three big names in terms of Godwin Adams and Mike Williams kind of disappear. Um, we're going to do next week's podcast purely looking at free agency and the, the dynasty impact of that. So um, hopefully we're going to push it back later next week. We're going to do it on the Wednesday so that we've got a little bit more to talk about. Um, but of these guys, I'm really intrigued by Juju, if I'm being honest. Um, I think he could potentially land in in a lot of different spots. And I think that he's a guy that we've seen incredible production from. Um, and I'm really hopeful that he picks a good spot. Um, DJ Chark is someone that I'm lower on from a dynasty perspective, but I think in terms of NFL, he's he's a little bit like we talked about Mike Williams, where Mike Williams is that prototypical X receiver, but he's actually your kind of wide receiver two or three rather than being a um, you know a wide receiver one. And DJ Chark is that for me. You know, he's a X receiver but he can't be your wide receiver one. And I'm really intrigued if he could go to a situation, trying to think off the top of my head, somewhere like a Kansas City, New York Jets, perhaps, where he can play the X. You know, the Jets are crying out for an X, but wouldn't be the number one in terms of targets and wouldn't be expected to kind of carry the offense. That could be a, a cheaper option there. Um, so I'm I'm really intrigued as to where perhaps those those two fall. What about you? Any that jump out at you? Um, Juju, as everyone knows, we both love a bit of Juju, so um, he was a main one for me. I am interested in Michael Gallup just because of his late ACL injury in the season. I'm interested to see what deal uh, he does get, whether it's a prove it one year deal or whether he gets a longer term on a lower salary. Uh, or a lower monetary value just because of that ACL and you don't really know what he's going to come back and look like. Um, and I think that it's a real shame for him because it's... I, I was picking a lot of him up uh, before the season ended because I thought, okay, Michael Gallup, free agent next year. The price is a little bit higher than it was because people are already thinking about it, but I think he's going to do well. And then he had his ACL uh, injury, which isn't great. But he's still got time to be resigned, and especially with Amari Cooper slated to be um, cut or traded, and then uh, Schultz being brought back on the on the franchise tag. I think there's still room for Michael Gallup to get resigned there and still be the number two alongside uh, CD Lamb. The other one that I wanted to talk about that is just interesting to me because he's never been consistent enough for people to to like 
fully trust, but I think he's done some good things, is Christian Kirk. And yes, you're probably taking him wide receiver 50, 60 plus, but I think Christian Kirk does have a little bit of a an appeal to, say, a Green Bay, where you could probably get him a little bit cheaper than what you'd expect. I can't imagine he's going out and demanding large uh, a large contract for a long-term deal. Um, are those two guys that make sense to you in, or interest you, should I say? Yeah, I, th- I think... Gallup is, they've basically come out and said it, haven't they? Gallup's going to be back in um, in Dallas. Um, okay, I missed if, that. If they're letting, um, if they're letting Cooper go. It's I see what you mean. Yeah. Impression that they're, they're re-signing Gallup. Um, Christian Kirk's a, a difficult one for me because he's the kind of player where I'm really intrigued by him as that slot receiver that can play exclusively out of slot when he's got that opportunity to do it in Arizona he's done really well but I, it, he's so landing spot dependent because of that yeah. and I worry that he's the kind of guy you know we saw it a few years ago with Adam Humphreys when he went to Tennessee, Tennessee and he signed the big deal off the you know flashing with the Bucks. and yes they're slightly different types of receiver but he signed the big deal in Tennessee and then basically disappeared and I think those slot receivers that you know, are unable to perhaps win on their own and slightly reliant on on being schemed open. They can be fantastic for fantasy, but they can equally disappear very quickly. And I think that if he picks the wrong landing spot, or indeed if the wrong team picks him up, he could just disappear into nothing. So um, yeah, it's sort of I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top thirty six receiver. I also wouldn't be shocked if he kind of fell out of the top 60 or 70 and we never heard from him again. Yeah, so um, other notable uh, free agent wide receivers are Alan Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Will Fuller, who signed a one-year deal last year. Um, There's a plethora more, but we won't go into it too deep. Rich, moving on to the running back position. Is there anyone here? I know that there's one guy that I'm 99% sure you're going to bring up, so I'll leave that to you to do. But the one that I'm most interested in out of um, this class is Chase Edmonds, surprisingly enough. Because I think he... The issue is I never thought he was good enough to be the number one. But with Edmonds and Connor both being gone from the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think they're bringing both back. I think they're bringing one back. And regardless of where Chase Edmonds goes, I don't think that he's going to be uh, just a random backup that just disappears. I genuinely think he's going to become a pass-catching role, like uh, Naeem Hines may be probably a little bit better than Naeem Hines, probably like more more like a James White, I'd say, um, if he was featured a little bit more. Um, But I don't know how you feel about Chase Edmonds, Rich. I love Chase Edmonds. I feel like I'm a Chase Edmonds stand. I think he's he's elite between the 20s and and never got an opportunity last year to produce in the red zone. So I'm hopeful that somebody's going to give him a home and I hope he can be a bit more than that 1B he's been for the last couple of years. But time will tell. I think running backs in free agency is, is a nightmare. Um, I know Leonard Fournette's another big name free agent. He's talking about mm-hmm. um, testing free agency and trying to find a home. 
Um, if, if he's in the right situation, he could be a fancy stud as we saw this year. If he's not in the right situation, he's he's nothing. So I'm intrigued to see what he does over the the next few uh, few weeks. Um, but you you hinted at him. I'll be honest, I wasn't going to talk about him, but I feel like I have to um, after you hinted at him. Patson's the big name. I think with the Ridley news, I think he's definitely back in Atlanta. I think that they'll sign him to a, a reasonable deal. Um, and I think that he'll be back. Um, and I love the way that he could potentially be used. There's no receivers in Atlanta anymore because Russell Gage is also a free agent. Um, so maybe Cordero Patterson is that movable offensive weapon um, again into next year. Yeah, I knew that you were going, or you you wanted to talk about Patterson. I didn't know that that's uh, you weren't planning on it, but that's just how good the chemistry is, Rich. We know I know who you want to talk about. And I have to tee you up just to make sure you do it. So uh, we can skip straight over these tight ends then because all the good ones have been resigned. Is that right? Yes, basically. Um, but for those listeners that do actually like tight ends, and um, I want to clarify because I think people tend to get this wrong with me. I don't dislike the tight end position. I dislike tight end premium scoring. Just to clarify, I think tight ends are very uh, unique position and a very first top position that I absolutely love watching tape on. I just never understand how to grade them properly and and um, evaluate them properly. But speaking about the notable tight ends that are hitting the market after um, what seemed to be National Tiger Tight End Day, you've got uh, Zach Ertz coming out of the Arizona Cardinals, CJ Uzoma, uh, Gronkowski, OJ Howard, uh, and then Evan Engram. Is there anyone there you want to speak about, Rich? I mean, I couldn't. I, I, couldn't, I don't really want to. I can. Move uh, on. I mean, Zach, Zach Ertz is interesting. You know, he, he he produced last year with the Cardinals. I think he was top five tight end after the trade. Um, wherever he ends up, he he could be a really interesting option. And if he if he ends back in Arizona, obviously that that could be really good. Um, I can already feel myself falling back in love with OJ Howard. I'm talking <laughs> myself into it yet again. It's, it's was it fifth year on the trot now. Um, I feel like maybe if he finds a new home, maybe he can be used correctly. But yeah, look, I'm I'm certainly not going out and, and doing anything proactively with these guys. Um, they're, they're all just interesting guys to to know. I think Gronk's probably going to retire, isn't he? Let's be honest. Probably. Um, the one that I wanted to pick up on, if I had to speak about any of them, would be CJ Uzama. Um, just because I absolutely loved CJ Uzama. Uh, before the 2020 season, before he tore his ACL. Um, and this year, he was a massive part of that offense, even though stats-wise, he probably wasn't. But for when you watch the actual play, the amount of times they went to him in critical situations, even though they had Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Mixon, they still went to CJ Uzama, who some people would probably argue is the fifth option there. They still went to him, and if he goes anywhere other than the Bengals, I don't think he's going to be anything other than a, a random tight end you're probably picking up in case of an injury um, in dynasty drafts. But if he's back with Bengals, I do like him as a really late-round flyer. I think you probably pick him up tight end 24+, plus um, and still have a, a good shot. So, Rich... That covers all the notable type or the notable free agents. Now, 
I have no idea whether this is going to work because listeners, before uh, we started the show, I had a little bit of a panic. Um, I have bought a new laptop and that for some reason hasn't worked um, when I plugged it into my docking station. So I need to have a look at that. But I've got the um, I've got the spin the wheel so rich fingers crossed you will actually be able to see this in the broadcast nothing, nothing nothing like testing things live on uh on a podcast is there well i had to log in as a guest on the Streamyard um app so i don't know what access i do and don't have so rich can you see that i can i'm adding Perfect. it in there you go so, Rich, we have five Dynasty Listener League spots. Exciting times. You ready for the first yeah. name? We, we have had 27 applicants, Rich. That is my blame. Some did play last year, but let's, that is let's find an incredible. Spot. Come on, then. So, let's see the first one. Who's it going to be? I presume you're, you're going to reach out to all of these via DM. Yes, um, I yeah, will. I'll reach out to all of them and they'll get an automatic um, oh, addition go. into the league when I read the league. Host of the flagship show, Dan Hughes, the first uh, the first listener into the listener league. He's going to be happy about that because he wants to get onto the dynasty pod. So at least he's in the listener league at the moment. He gets a mention. So <laughs> moving on to the second one, definitely. <laughs> This looks like a fix already, Rich. Um, Hannah Rowland, congratulations. One of the newest five-yard rush writers. You're um, also in the Listener League. So three more spots. Who's going to be so, next? You have... So far, we've had two people from the Listener League and they're both internals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Andy, fellow Green Bay Pack, I'm happy. I'm happy. Oh, God. Not another one. One's then... enough. <laughs> There's never enough Packers fans. Okay. Um, Rue, I'm sorry. I don't have your actual name on here. This is what you feel. I know who you are, but I'll reach out to you. And then the very last spot Drum roll. is going to go to Drumroll, please. Oh, that was nearly another Packers fan of Luke Rich. Uh, Marcus Livermore. All right. Congratulations to you five. I have got your names written down and they are recorded. So congratulations. Liam will be in touch with each of you. Indeed. So, Um, Rich. Yeah, before we finish, some exciting news. I know you've got some announcements. Some exciting news in Five Yard Rush um, Circle, Five Yard Dynasty Circles. So uh, Liam and I have been busy working hard recruiting, um, and we're we're delighted to announce that we've got a a new um, Five Yard Dynasty team of writers um, that are hopefully going to be producing some interesting and engaging articles for all of you over the coming weeks, months, and, and years. Um, so yeah, so delighted to announce that we, we've got joining us Antonio, Dan, Emerson, Luke, Nathan, Paul, and Paul, um, and then of course we will also have Danny back 
um, who wrote for us this year again for next year. So we're going to have hopefully loads more Dynasty content coming from all 10 of us now. Yeah, but that's crazy. We went from four last year with Danny and Lewis and obviously us two to 10 this year. We're really pushing the boat out. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, um, yeah, we, we were blown away by all the people that expressed interest and uh, we certainly you know reached out to a couple and really excited to have each and every one of them on board. I think they're all very knowledgeable, very engaging um, and very good writers. So I keep your eyes peeled on the site. Um, there's certainly going to be plenty of good content coming your way over the coming weeks and months. Uh, another little plug, guys, if you are looking at getting into writing, unfortunately, Five Yard Dynasty uh, have got <laughs> enough writers at this point. We've got um, eight in total, and then myself and Rich are going to be mostly editing. But I know that the redraft side, of, side so Stocks and Murph, um, are going to be looking for writers for the redraft side. If you are interested, go ahead and contact the main at Five Yard uh, Rush account on Twitter and they'll get into, or I know Murph's been taking a couple of DMs uh, directly, get in touch with anyone along those lines. Who, was it Rob as well? As yeah, Rob's, Rob's gonna, Rob and Pitsy are going to take charge on that side of things. And and okay. indeed, you know, let's let's be equal opportunities. I, I don't believe in IDP, but if anyone wants to write IDP, <laughs> I, know, I know Nath is uh, potentially open to some new IDP writers. So, uh, yeah, look, if, if you want to start producing content and you're interested, reach out because we'll absolutely find a, a potential home for you if, if that's what you want to do. Definitely. Um, one more thing before we go. Rich, we plugged it last week. And I think we're going to plug it every week until it happens because we're extremely excited about it. But the UK FFC is selling tickets like nothing else. Um, we've sold two thirds of tickets um, at the moment. I believe we had another sale earlier. I haven't checked it, but my girlfriend has been checking on my behalf. I believe we do have a, a, another ticket sale. So make sure you get those tickets. They're £10 and all um, profits do go to charity. Um, that we make from the event so make sure you check us out at at underscore ukffc um but other than that guys have a great rest of your week we'll see you next week for some more um for some more i believe we're doing free agents rich um i may have forgotten that already yeah but yeah have a nice weekend guys and see you all next week to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.